Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Today we continue with Session 1 from the Reformation Boise Conference 2018 as Dr. David Murray leads us in our call to living in between. So he, here's, here's what Calvin's getting at here. He's saying, does anyone know where they're going in the Christian life? We say it's a life. It's a life to be lived. That means it's going in a certain direction. But does anyone know where they're going? That's an important question. How can you live a particular life if you don't actually know the destination? I came here today on the planes, and I was sitting in the airport in Denver, and you know, somebody sat beside me and asked me where I was going. I would tell him I'm going to a Reformation conference in Boise, Idaho. We're going to be looking at John Calvin and the Christian life, and if they were still sitting there at the end of that, then... I would expect him, I would ask him, where are you going? And imagine if that person answered, well, I don't know. You don't know? No, I don't know. I just, I just thought I'd buy a random ticket to a random place and, and get on a random plane and, and, you know, who knows where I'd go. Well, you know, by this point, you're hoping he's not on your plane, obviously. Um, and yet, this is true of, of many Christians. Do, do you know actually what you're aiming at in the Christian life? Um, do, do you know what the goal is? Do you know what the, the destination is? And Calvin found when, when he asked people that they, that they really had no idea that you're living a Christian life, but, but you don't know what you're aiming at. And as somebody once said, if, if, you're, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it all the time. So what are we aiming? What's the goal? You know, we don't leave our houses in the morning without having a destination. We don't go to university or college without thinking, I want that degree or I want that job. So we need a, we need a goal. We need a destination. What, what's your goal? What are you trying to get to in the Christian life? In fact, even more important a question, where does God want you to go in your Christian life? That's, that's the most important question of all, isn't it? Where does God want me to go? What's God aiming at? Well, Calvin answers this in the first words of the first chapter of his book in the Christian life. He says, the goal, the goal of God's work in us is to bring our lives into harmony with his own righteousness and so manifest to ourselves and others our identity as his adopted children. I want to unpack that a little bit. So he's saying that God has a goal for our lives. 
We want the same goal as God has, obviously. We don't want to be at cross purposes here. We don't want to be parallel purposes. We want to be his purpose. And Calvin says here, his purpose is to bring our lives into harmony with his righteousness. And that's really to bring our lives into harmony with himself. It's sort of saying we're, we are at, there's a disharmony and the aim is harmony. There's a jarring note and the aim is to bring these two notes together. That the note of our life and the note of God's life will be the same. We'll come back to that in just a minute, but I want you to notice what he says. Results from bringing our lives into harmony with God's righteousness. He says it says, and so manifest to ourselves and others our identity as his adopted children. So the great aim here of the Christian life is, yes, divine righteousness, but it's also to have this consequence that we will know we are God's children, that we will have a secure and a stable sense of identity. And that that identity as the adopted children of God will also be clear to everybody else. And he ties these two things together. He's saying, the more that our lives conform to God's righteousness, the more we will have a secure identity as God's children, and the more others will see that we are indeed God's children. So it's one aim, God's righteousness, that has two glorious consequences. We want to know, don't we? We want to know we're God's children. We want that stable and secure identity. And we also want to be witnesses to that in the world. And so we were surely interested in knowing what does this phrase then, God's righteousness, mean? And this really is, is where this whole question of the, the standard of the Christian life comes in. And the standard is God's righteousness. But what is that and where is that? Well, righteousness means measuring up to a standard. Uh, children and adults who remember when you were children, you, you go to a fairground or something and there's a ride you want to go on the ride, and you notice just before you go in, there's a, there's a line that says you've got to be above this height. You've got to reach or exceed this height level. And you know how frustrating it is when you're just short, and, and you've got to kind of stand on the outside and see your siblings, your brothers, your sisters enjoying themselves, and, and you can't get on. You can't get in. Well, that's, that's a standard. That's a measure. That's a that's, in a way, a righteousness. And, and that's, that's what is being brought before us here. Calvin's saying God has a righteousness. He has, he, has a, he has a measure. He has a line that we are to conform to. In fact, says Calvin, he has ten lines that we are to aim for, meaning his law. 
He says this, we discover in God's law a picture of God's own image to which we are being progressively conformed. So, notice what he's doing here. He's he's not saying there's God here and then there's God's law over here and they're very separate. No, he's saying God is here and his law is here as well. He's personalizing the law. He's he's saying here it is a picture of God's image. It's hard for us to conceive of God, but this is one of the ways God has given us to learn who God is by giving us his law, his standard of righteousness, his ten lines. This is who God is. This tells us his nature. It tells us what he is like. This line is not drawn by any man. It's not drawn by any organization. It's not drawn by any church. It's drawn by God himself, and it's a self-portrait, really. So, God has these ten lines, and putting them together, they show us who God is and what his standards are. And notice that important sentence from Calvin. He says, we discover in God's law a picture of God's own image to which we are being progressively conformed. So, he's saying we are never reaching that line, but we are progressively getting closer, and we'll come back to that. So, this is, this is good. Remember, we have a location point. Where am I going? What am I aiming at? We're kind of in a fog at times in the Christian life, and then here comes a clear, objective, unchanging standard that says to us, here is your goal. Harmony, reaching up to this line, these ten lines, the Ten Commandments, a self-portrait of God, increasingly and progressively. That's good. It's good to know. Whether I ever get there, I'm glad I know where I should now be aiming, what my whole life is all about. The fog is clearing. The mist is clearing. The, The sun is beginning to shine. I'm seeing a clear path at least now I know like what my next step is. And so Calvin solves, as it were, the problem of location or goal or destination by bringing us this very clear standard. And you'll see that also in the passage that we read in Romans chapter 8, in verse 3, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, He solves the length problem with a short book. He solves the location problem with a clear destination, a clear aim for our lives.
And that brings us to perhaps the biggest problems of all, a laziness problem and a love problem. And David Murray will unpack those for us tomorrow as we continue on from the Reformation Boise Conference here on The Gospel for Life. (laughs) 